0: Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, we just heard from Rick George, Carl Durrell, uh, after that was Tad Boyle, and then Danny Sanchez, the Buffs soccer coach, then we went to Jesse Mahoney, the Buffs volleyball coach, and then we closed things out with, uh, oh, of course, women's basketball with J.R. Payne. Um, it was a whirlwind. If I'm being totally honest, uh, so many, uh, really, I guess, important points that we could talk about, um, we're going to do today what we've typically been doing on these press conference days. And that's, uh, I'm going to share my big, broad thoughts and make sure we get the, uh, important details, uh, you know, kind of nailed down, make sure we're all on the same page there. And then I'll let you guys listen into to that call, um... Because there really was interesting stuff all the way through, Um, starting with Rick George. And I think that's where we're going to start after I tell you about Manscaped. Manscaped is, again, just an incredible, incredible company. They make my life so much better. What time is it? It's like 1 o'clock now. I'm going to watch the first probably six innings or so of this Rockies game uh, while I record the podcast, while I write something about uh, what we learned from Rick George today. And... Then after that, I'm going to jump on a scooter. It's going to be 97 degrees outside, and I think I'm going to wear a hockey jersey to the DNVR bar. And it's going to be really hot on that scooter outside when it's 97 degrees because those jerseys aren't meant to be worn in the summer. But I I will stay nice and cool and dry, and I'll smell just fine thanks to the crop preserver from Manscaped. Uh, manscaped again it just makes such good stuff and i think the crop preserver is really the one product that sticks out to me personally just because uh it works so well and it's such an important piece of what i am always wearing and doing um so yeah if you want to check that out you can get it as part of the perfect package 3.0 that comes with the lawnmower 3.0 the nick free trimmer um it's uh it's all good stuff That perfect package is the best deal, but any of the deals will get made even better if you use the code dnvr 20 when you check out from manscaped.com, and uh, that'll get you 20% off. That'll also get you free shipping, so take advantage of that deal. Okay, so a whole bunch of things to talk about today, even just with Rick George, Um I'm just going to pull up my Twitter feed. Wow, this is like a throwback to podcasts before quarantine when we'd have, like, actual things to uh, talk about from press conferences. There'd be a whole bunch of new information. Um, So let's just start out with uh, what Rick George had to say about the cancellation of sports in 2020. He said, Our first priority is to make sure we look at the health and safety of our student-athletes. While it was a hard decision, I think it was the right one. That... uh, That was kind of the thought process throughout most of the day. You know, Carl Durrell saying, you know what, I I get why they do it. I I wanted to play football. My guys wanted to play football. The players, the coaches, everybody wanted to play football up until that last couple of minutes when we realized that it wasn't going to happen. And, you know, then then Carl deferred. Carl said, you know what? They brought in people who are smarter than me about this kind of stuff. And this is what they decide is best. My job is to be the football coach here. My job is to get ready to play football and do everything we can within the parameters that have been outlined to build a good football program. And uh, yeah, he he said it was tough though when that decision came through. And although he does like understand it, and he says that it's probably the right decision because uh, again, he defers to the experts in this situation. Um, it, it does take a toll, and he said that that is um, that does not exclude him. And he really did focus on what it means to the coaches as well. Um, you, you think through, I mean, all these guys—they've had football their entire life. You know, Carl Durell saying multiple times. I've been coaching uh, football every fall for 33 years. That's not happening this year. And, you know, that that does take a toll on him, on his coaching staff, and, of course, on all the players as well. You know, you think through to guys like, you know, Chris Wilson, where football has been a very important part of his life, and now that's uh, being taken away from him, at least until next December or next January, and we'll talk a little bit about what the ramp-up to that could look like. Um, but, but then also um, to, to guys like uh, the, the new tight ends coach who comes over from the San Francisco 49ers, Taylor Embry. And he's a guy who, you know, it, honestly, if this year went well for the Buffs tight ends and they were productive and Brady Russell became an all-pack 12 type of tight end and he was able to pull production out of a couple other guys in that room, he would probably get some NFL offers after the season despite being so young. And and if that didn't happen, then he'd be, I mean, the, the, the bar would be lowered even more because he'd have more experience in that second season. Um, but just like so many people, he's being kind of delayed by a year. Um, we'll see what this spring looks like and what even happens then. But, you know... It's important to remember that all these coaches do have these emotional ties and it's a tough time for them. Same as the players and and the administrators as well. Um, And I think that that was one of the more uh, important takeaways. Um, The the only coach who really took a big stance against the decision, and and I don't even know that I would call it like a huge stance, um, but that would be Tad Boyle. And he was only on the call for a minute. He needed to jump on to... Uh, like the Pac-12 basketball coaches call that started like noon maybe. And so we had, I, I think he answered two, maybe three questions. Uh, the first one, somebody asked, you know, what were the feelings after hearing the news yesterday? Um, and remember that means that, uh, the, the college basketball season for the Pac-12 won't begin until January 1st at the earliest. There could be practices, but all of those games, including the Kansas game in December, push back, um, at best and that, that just sucks so yeah he got asked what were your initial thoughts and he said uh shock and disbelief and that turned into like this awkward moment on the call where you know the people were like giving him room to expand and he didn't expand and then he was on the phone so he couldn't see us all sitting there he's like could you hear me and it's like yeah he just asked like this and he's like yeah shock and disbelief and then that was it again that was the whole answer um, and, and he went on from there uh, to, to talk a little bit more about why he was disappointed, with the biggest reason being that it is so early, that they weren't supposed to be playing games for months, and that things were going so well. You know, they hadn't had any issues since everybody had gotten back on campus. Like, no positive tests, nothing. Um, and they'd been going through some testing. He thought it was too early to make that call. He said, you know, in, in September, October, you want to do this? Then I could get behind it, but... He was pretty disappointed. And J.R. Payne had some similar sentiments that she expressed as well, Um, but she did add that they're planning on trying to get in a full basketball season and uh, that they think that they can get some of those non-conference games rescheduled, that kind of stuff, so that even if they don't start until January 1st, it still will be a full basketball season. It's just that the ending will be pushed back uh, a few months as well. Um, and, again, that's that's just kind of what she sees and what she's expecting. We don't know. And it could be that January 1st comes and the Pac-12 has to say, actually, things aren't getting any better with the virus, and so we have to postpone this again or, or just call the fall sports off um, overall, call these winter sports off overall as well. Um, just don't know. That's the truth is we just don't know. Um, I think that that same sentiment that J.R. Payne expressed that uh, she is excited that they should be able to get a full season. And that was something that uh, Jesse Mahoney, the Buffs volleyball coach, was um, talking a lot about. You know how uh, and also Danny Sanchez brought this up. Uh, if they were to play the fall season, there likely wouldn't have been NCAA championships. Plus, everything could go off the rails in whatever different ways that they could have gone off the rails. And so by pushing all of the fall sports to the spring, and that's important to clarify that all fall sports are supposed to be played this spring, assuming all goes well. That's what the hope is, at least. Um, It will be a full season. You'll get to play all your games. I mean, you never know. It could be shortened, especially for football, um, because the draft is in there. But that's something that a lot of the other sports don't have to deal with. Um, they, they do expect a full postseason as well, which is a very important part of, uh, you know, what, what motivates student athletes and what motivates coaches. That's what it's all about is getting a chance to compete for a national title. Um, and that is now back on the board, um, which was, a, a silver lining, I guess is probably the best way to say it for, uh, the buffs, other coaches, the volleyball coaches, soccer coach, um, Women's basketball. So um, there's those were kind of the reactions. Um, you know, it's been tough for everybody. Uh, some interesting stuff from Carl Durrell. So Carl was asked, what's it like talking to uh, some of the seniors who are getting ready to, uh, you know, they thought this was their last chance before the draft. You have that going on. Plus you have the um, potential – for other schools to come in and poach your players if they are still going to have a false football season. Um, and Carl said that he's had those conversations with Nate and KD um, that they uh, had told him they wanted to talk to him. And so they did. And uh, essentially, th- these are like one-on-one conversations, by the way, it wasn't like a two-on-one. I just realized I phrased that weirdly, but, um, it. Uh, Carl said his message was just be patient. Let's just stay here for uh, a, a a few days. Think through what's going on. Try to figure out what to expect going forward, and uh, then we can start uh, reevaluating some of that other stuff. Um, like like the potential for a transfer. I th- I think that's what they were talking about. You'll listen for yourself and that's kind of what I heard. Um, but I, am not worried about it at this point, I will say, um, some other notes from the call. Uh, like I said, all, all sports supposed to go to the spring. Um, oh, there was some, oh, oh let's go back to some bubble stuff about why the bubble in particular just doesn't work for college sports. Um, Rick said, uh, the quote was, the bubble is not realistic in college athletics. It's very difficult to do. Um, That that same thing uh, was basically what Tad said about college basketball bubble, where there has been a little bit more hype around it, um, or at least people talking about other people talking about it is what's really going on. Um, Both said bubbles just don't work for all the reasons that we've talked about on this podcast, really. Um, Being around other students, that type of thing. Um, he also added, um, that they cannot test student athletes daily and that that was kind of a, um, uh, one of the factors. There are a lot of factors that go into this decision, but that was one of them just said that's not realistic for us. We don't have those resources and it makes sense because those tests are expensive Um, And you can't just be throwing that kind of money around, especially during a pandemic, and especially if there's no guarantee that they're going to say you can play football anyway. Um, So, yeah, uh, that was some interesting stuff there. Um, He was asked whether uh, they'll cut sports, and he said very firmly that Colorado is not cutting any sports, that that is not something he will do. He added that he isn't going to touch any areas that affect the student-athlete experience, Um, stuff like the academic help, the tutoring programs, that kind of stuff, the nutrition programs, um, the mental health programs. Um, But he did say that, I mean, the quote was, we'll have to look at layoffs and furloughs. And that is kind of... What we expected, as terrible as it is. Um, A little bit of positive news in terms of the budget. Um, Rick said that they had already made their budget for this year. Um, Again, the fiscal year is like July through... I mean, it's essentially the academic year. Um, But uh, he said that they budgeted knowing that they weren't going to have very many fans in the stadium, and they budgeted for... Uh, a 10-game season. So that means that if they are able to play a full 10-game football season in the spring, they'll bring in all of the money that um, – well, maybe not all the money, but a significant portion of the money that they had budgeted on having, they, they planned on having for uh, this year. Um, and if there are more fans, a full stadium, any of that kind of stuff, then obviously that's a uh, that's even better. Um, but he said that they already made the budget cuts to get down to um, a 10 game season with few fans. Um, they've already dealt with all that kind of stuff. And so obviously what's happening now would mean more budget cuts and more significant budget cuts. But there is that, I mean, maybe just a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. If they can play a 10 game schedule this spring, um, That that would the budget wouldn't be in nearly as bad a shape. Um Oh, he also had some interesting stuff to say about the uh the kind of structure of college football. And he th- he thinks that it is a problem that right now there isn't just one unified voice. There there isn't like really a commissioner of all of college football who's saying what's up who is kind of like leading that charge uh it's all kind of up to the conferences themselves and even then like it's not like larry scott's out there being super outspoken about a whole lot of things but he doesn't like that i mean he thinks that it'd be nice if there was one person in power and the way i'm framing this is almost like as if he wants it to be him honestly i wouldn't mind if it was him although that wouldn't be great for colorado having him leave um but i i, I mean it makes a lot of sense to have somebody kind of just be that voice. Um, speaking of voices, talking about the uh, We Are United movement, the the Pac-12 players who made the list of demands and said, here's what we want to do. Um, here's what we need you to do for us. Um, he responded to some of that. And um, he said... He started with this. He said, the one thing I'll say is that we've always told our student athletes, you have a voice. So there's a start. Um, And, you know, he he did mention that there's like the Pac-12 players group, whatever they call it, leadership group, something like that, where occasionally they talk with uh, the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 meetings. Uh, Same thing, like the Buffs have a program like that of their own where the Buffs have some representation people who actually do sit down with Rick George and talk about this stuff. Um, and, and he did say, like, we, th- we think that we have done a lot of things for student-athletes. And, you know, again, this is kind of what we expected him to say, but it, it is all true. You know, the, the stuff like uh, a few years ago, they started spending a million and a half a year on nutrition, and all the student athletes are benefiting from that, you know, stuff like they've expanded the mental health resources they've brought in. Uh, I think I think they had one and now they have five uh, clinical psychologists. So you have that sort of help. Obviously, the investments in um, tutoring, that sort of thing, you um, and uh, the NCAA now lets schools pay uh, for the full cost of attendance and not just tuition or however that worked before. Um, so so that's another big step in the right direction. Um, but then when he was asked, uh, do you think that there should be a players' union, a players' association, he said no. Um, he said that he thinks the system that they have works. And again, I think that, you know, I, I'm not firmly on a side here. I do have to admit that I like that the players are kind of sticking up for themselves and making sure that they're getting everything that they deserve to get. Um, but it is true that the, I don't know, PAC 12 schools, division one schools in Colorado in particular really does invest a lot of money in student athletes. And it's important to re- remember that and that sort of thing, you know, it isn't just a, very obvious one person, one side is doing something wrong, but I don't know. Uh, it's still just kind of a mess there. It's, it's really a mess. <laughs> um, um, What else? Um, Carl Durrell, uh, one interesting thing that he had to say is that now that the Pac-12 has made this decision, the team will continue to work out, but, and here's the quote, in a much more controlled fashion. Um, and this is something we talked about on the podcast a little bit yesterday. I think I brought it before. And that's that it isn't just saying... The Pac-12's decision doesn't just affect September 26th on. You know, it isn't something where they could have waited uh, four weeks from now and made this decision. And um, if they came to the decision, nothing would be different. That's just not true. Um, because teams are working out. And because in four or five days, teams were supposed to be starting fall camps. And that's when things become physical. You know, Carl Durrell said that they were doing some walkthroughs. Now they were starting to ramp up toward camp type stuff. Um, But now that there isn't a season they aren't doing the walkthroughs, you know, and you know, with the walkthroughs, that means you have all your linemen lining up next to each other with the defensive behind them, you know, that kind of stuff. Like the, the social distancing is gone now because of this decision, they are going back to, um, as he said, a much more controlled fashion, which basically means more social distancing. Um, they'll probably keep the, I'm not sure if they stopped doing the groups where they had like the A through H or whatever. Everybody worked out at different times. I guess they're doing walkthroughs. They must've, at least portions of what they were doing didn't involve those groups. But I'd guess they're more separated in that way again. Um and Carl also did I, I think he referenced kind of the the heart problems that that have been associated now with COVID nineteen the last few days really. Um and he, I, I, he it was just kind of like one little comment it was when he was talking about whether it was the right decision you know he, again he basically just said my job is to do my job their job is to do their job and uh you know you, you wouldn't ask the uh, doctor how the Buffs should structure their offense uh, and in the same way Carl Durrell probably doesn't know what the best practices to do about a pandemic are and he basically admitted that but he did say you know with some of the information that came out in the last couple days um, it it makes even more sense it was essentially the point you can listen to that bit yourself in a while Um, but again I tweeted this by far the biggest takeaway from what Carl Durrell had to say was just how proud he was of his entire team you know the Buffs set I I can't remember if it's the all-time record for the GPA for the spring but it was some pretty big achievement that uh, the Buffs uh, football team uh, had Um, I can't remember exactly what it was but he did point out you know they did that when they had to go to online classes halfway through the semester. And, you know, there's everything else going on. Um, they're, they're learning new playbooks, or at least the offensive guys are. Uh, they're learning about new coaches, trying to build those relationships. They they haven't had a positive COVID-19 test in three weeks. You know, in the, the quote was, they came through with flying colors. And um, I think that's all of the big stuff from today. Um, I do wish we had a little more time with Tad, but we did not, obviously. And so... Uh, oh, I should add that the buffs are trying to make players available to talk to us um, in the near future. I think uh, we were told something like, you know, Friday might still be too soon because, you know, it is an emotional time for a lot of people. But early next week we should expect to hear from, you know, probably probably representatives of all these teams that have had changes made to their schedules. Um, and of course, you can stay tuned to this podcast and hear all about all of that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, I am kind of excited to hear more voices. Um, we have talked to a lot of football players, but what is it like to be a soccer player to be a volleyball player? What is going on there that is totally different than the conversation that's been pretty loud surrounding college football? Um, yeah, some other stuff to watch out for um, some some questions in there about uh, the kind of like just the overall reaction to the virus you know and how the virus has become like I, I mean it really has become political which is kind of like a crazy thought to have that like a virus becomes political, but that's just where we are. And so I, I think that Jr. Payne um, and Carl Durrell both had some good responses to, to how they deal with that. Um, and, you know, the different beliefs of players and all of that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, Sage's, uh, pay particular attention to that stuff. Oh, and I'll say this again before uh, you you guys get to hear all this, but it's Rick George, Carl Durrell, Tad Boyle, uh, Danny Sanchez, then Jesse Mahoney, and then Jr. Payne to close things out, just so you guys kind of know what's going on. Um, but before I do play Rick George's audio for you, I do want to tell you more about Breckenridge Brewery. I'm really excited to head in there. I'm going to drink a whole bunch of Strawberry Skies. I'm going to feel like I should have an Avalanche Amber Ale because I'm there to watch the Avalanche in a playoff game, which just sounds magical, and it will be magical. Um, But, yeah, it's going to be Strawberry Sky Day for me for sure, and uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying your hockey and basketball and all that stuff being back, um, at least at the pro level, um, with some Brackenridge beers. Uh, you can also get it out the farmhouse in Littleton. It's great food, some, like, comfort food, but very well done. Like, I I don't know that all of their food is organic, but if they were to say that it was, I'd be like, yeah, I see it, because it's just, like, good stuff. And if you want to order for curbside pickup or delivery, you can still do that through their website. And if you use the code DNVR, you can save $5 off your order. Um, so So definitely do that. Um. Also, DraftKings—they'll make watching sports even more fun. Um, if you combine the Breckenridge Beers with DraftKings and sports, I mean, I feel like that's just what we're all looking for. Uh, DraftKings has so many specials. There was one last week that was basically—I guess it was only yesterday. I, I'm pretty sure it was just for everybody who had been f- using their app and like making bets and stuff. They just gave out a whole bunch of $74 free bets. I don't really understand why still, but uh, the point is I got a $74 free bet and I was like, well, let's make some money on this. And so here's what I did. I I put a parlay together using the Rockies last night and the uh, Vegas Golden Knights last night. And then the Colorado Avalanche this afternoon. So I already hit the first two legs. And so, again, it's a free bet. So I basically put nothing down. Um, but it, uh, it'll it pay out 250 bucks if the Avs win. So I'll probably just hedge that free money at DraftKings. They do this stuff all the time. There's so many odds boosts. Get in on it. And when you do sign up with DraftKings, use the code DNVR because it'll get you some uh, good stuff. There are some pretty big UFC fights this weekend, and so DraftKings actually has a pretty great special. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DMVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win $252 on this weekend's main event. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for new users by offering them the chance to win $252 when placing a bet of $1 on this weekend's big fight by using the code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older Colorado only other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Uh, jumping back in real quick. So I still don't have like the good audio of uh the call. So I'm just going to post this show and uh, come back later, hopefully, when I get the good audio. And if not, just throw the (laughs) less good audio that I have uh, in behind it. So it'll just pop up as the next show. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And uh, thanks for listening as always.